Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of Sports Illustrated's Cowbell Corner, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman here with you on a Friday morning. Thanks for joining us as the weekend gets started. We are glad you're here at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. Appreciate all of our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. I was at Strange Brew on a Thursday morning. Went and picked up my uh, my complimentary uh, beverage. Wanna thank, nice. want to thank our listeners for that. And, of course... Don't get us complimentary beverages. Get yourself a complimentary beverage. What I mean by that is, just go buy a coffee, and then it's a- after the transaction. Just, just, just view it as complimentary. It's like they give it to you after you pay them, right? You, you, you can part with five dollars here, and then oh, coffee. Thank you. There you go. That's how you should look at things. Or of course, if you really want to treat yourself, head over to Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Grab a grab a uh, a, a Sunday all that homemade ice cream, or of course. The Brian's favorite, the sea turtle milkshake. That's the one for me. Captured your heart. It's so good. It's chocolate. It's caramel. What am I not supposed to like? It's whipped cream. I mean, it's like the three big three of the favorite 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 food groups right there. If you know? <laughs> you, you look at the food pyramid today, yes, I have gotten from the chocolate, the caramel, and the whipped cream section. All that's left is the pizza and wings. So. Uh, I want to thank it. Yeah, so you know where to go. CollegeCornerStore.com is the place to shop online. College Corner in Ridgeland and in Flowood is the place to go. They have the biggest and best selection of MSU merchandise. And if you're still trying to keep your house looking maroon and white, you know what? You should. It's going to be okay. I'm not, I'm not trying to preach at you. I'm just saying it's going to be all right. Keep that maroon flag flying high. Head over to College Corner, and of course, don't be, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to put on a polo, a new T-shirt, a new baseball cap. All those good things are available to you at College Corner, or where you shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Advantage Business Systems wants you to know right now is the time to make sure your business isn't slacking off. This is not the time to be losing money because of inefficiency, because your systems are outdated and you need to upgrade them. Do it now. Spend a little now to save big money in the long run. And Advantage Business Systems, they have a solution for you. They've been working for 45 years helping businesses just like yours. They aren't staying in business just because they, you know, my, my great slogan for them. It's because they've got the best solutions around. So call them today at 844-833-6245 or visit them online at absms.com to find out how Advantage Business Systems helps your business. Do, Do business. business. Yeah. I like it when Joel gets in on that. All right, part two of our previews of the off week. We're talking women's basketball and softball today. We also, Joel pointed out, we have not done our SEC picks this week, so we'll do that at the very end of the show. That that usually comes on our, what, Wednesday show, which we did not do? Or no, Tuesday show. Uh, our Tuesday show, do. which we did not do. Yeah. And then we've just, we've just been so busy. Work, work, busy bee. I mean, when you are uh, celebs like us and get food named after you and that sort of deal, I mean, you got stuff to do. <laughs> you know, it's it's a, it's a busy lifestyle that I lead. I mean, something like that. Ah, uh, 
Let's start with women's basketball because no rest for for Nikki McCray Pinson. No, day no. one of the job. Welcome to Starkville. Go win the national. Go championship. win the national championship. That's that's the expectation level for this program in year one. They, you know, look. I understand everybody's got talent. MSU's got a lot of talent. They have a lot of great players. They have a truly elite player in Rakia Jackson, who is you know the kind of player you can say is going to be a national player of the year candidate. They have a ton of depth. They have you know a couple of, of new faces that are going to make a big impact this year in Sydney Cooks and Madison Hayes. She may never have a better team than the one she has. If she does have a better team than this one, that's a great sign for Mississippi State down the road. But this team is locked and loaded and ready to compete for a national title. But I have to ask, is that fair of a, a coach who's only in her fourth year of being a head coach? Well, when you get paid as much as some of these coaches get paid, that's totally fair. You know what the expectation is when you're hired. You know coming in what you got. You know that it's not a situation that you can come in and and you know rebuild anything. You're not rebuilding at all. This built. You just got to you got to push it across the finish line. That's her job. the The machine is is completely done. It's ready to roll, and she's just got to get the checkered flag and lift the trophy. Um, that's a lot easier said than done. I understand that, but is it fair? Yeah. Uh, such is life. You know, you, you're in that business. Um, if you didn't want the pressure, she didn't have to sign the contract. And and so here she is, and we'll see what what she can do. That the man before her um, elevated. He shall not be named. Yeah, he he. For for whatever you may think Victor. of him at this point, um, I mean, he put the expectations where they are. And you you know when you put on that maroon and white uh, for women's basketball now, you know what that fan what the fan base and, and everybody's thinking. Uh, and anything less than, I mean, look, it's hard to say anything less than a national title is a failure. Um, but probably with this group, anything less than a Final Four is probably got to be considered a failure. Is that is that fa- failure? Strong. I think disappointing. Any, I think in any situation in the NCAA tournament, based on what you have, if you're a top ten team, if you get to the Elite Eight, yeah, you you, you you've done a, you've done a good job. Nobody really sneezes at Elite Eights. You know, if Vic, if if Nikki McCray Penson, I almost said it, uh, gets to the Elite Eight the next, you know, two, three, four years in a row, I mean, yeah, it becomes. A, are they ever going to take that next step? But at the same time, MSU baseball's been going to College World Series all the time and has never fired a coach yeah. yet for not winning a national title. So yeah, that's just you can set expectations too high. You can have high expectations and they can still be too high. So let's talk about that right now. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk with Nikki McCray Penson. She joins us now on the Welcome Home Beef Hotline. So joining me now on the Welcome Home Beef Hotline, Coach Nikki McCray-Penson, MSU Women's Basketball. Coach, normally a coach takes over a program in their first year and they're not looking at a team that people might predict to win the national championship. You know, normally it's a, it's a building process and, and, you know, you're trying to install your own culture and things of that nature. Does anything change the way you, you would approach the first year at a program with a team that has this expectation level? I think the biggest thing is building relationships with players that um, you did not recruit. Um, my staff and I didn't recruit the players, so and we we had a lot of uncertainty at the time uh, with the state of where we you know where we are in America, the COVID, mm-hmm. not being able to touch them for five to six months, and talking with them through Zoom and just trying to you know build a connection. But 
You know, we've been together now for about eight weeks, um, and, and every day that's an investment in building a connection um, with players that didn't recruit and their families and getting them to buy into your culture and your system. Um, but this program um, is, is, has a great tradition of winning, um, and um, obviously we want to continue to keep that tradition going. How do you put your stamp on this program in, in year one? Well, I think number one is, you know, relationships and getting the kids to just, um, you know, buy into your style of play and, and just playing hard um, and competing every possession on the floor and off the floor. I think that's where you're going to see the improvement um, for us off the floor, you know, doing things the right way because I believe that what happens off the floor matters just as much as what happens on the floor and just the relationship that we're going to be able to build um, so we can build that trust so that we're playing hard for one another. You know what a national championship basketball team looks like. When you're out there on, on the floor with your team, do you see some of the traits that you expect to see from a team that could win it all? I mean, you know, right now, I mean, we're definitely talented. Um, national championship teams, um, they value the little things and everything, you know, from from the time practice starts to the time practice ends. They're sharp. Um, nothing slides. Nothing goes unnoticed. And, um, you know, on day four, when we're tired, we have to be at our best. So we're, we're slowly but surely getting there. Everybody talks about, you know, let's talk about some of the individual players. The, the, the cliche is you take your biggest jump in, in, in talent year one to year two. So that should be a scary proposition for a lot of people when we talk about Rakia Jackson. Do you expect a big year two jump from her? Well, I mean, that's the expectations. Um, again, you know, it's a little bit different because, you know, Rakia, like most of our players, had five months off um, with no training, no weight, no nothing. And, um, and when you are, you know, going into your sophomore season, you don't really know what that looks like. So the off-season work for a lot of players was really tainted. Um, but, you know, again, since we've been together, just getting acclimated to the new system and the things that we're going to ask her to do, um, being a threat from all over the floor, being able to make decisions and, and, and handle the ball for us more, um, being a point guard more, um, all that is new. And it's something that she's going to continue to evolve and get better as the season go on. When you think about you know how many players you brought back and obviously everybody having the extra year of eligibility, you've got a, a lot of options. And you know, obviously that's a good thing as a coach. You, you can't ever really have too much talent. But for you, how, how difficult is it going to be to find that right rotation that you're, that you're giving everybody the, the right balance of minutes to make the team successful? Well, as fast as we want to play, everybody should have an opportunity. Um, I look at production, um, and, and that's what I go off of. I look at, you know, how hard we're, how hard we're playing, how hard we're running, how hard we're competing. Um, those players are going to be on the floor. If you're productive, if you're competing, and if you're playing at the pace that we want to play at. One one new face that was on the team a season ago, but was you know not eligible to play as a transfer, Sydney Cooks. What do you expect from her in, in your first season? Well, Sydney brings experience. I mean, she's a vocal, vocal player. Um, and I think those are some expectations right now is I need to hear her voice every single um, day in practice. Um, you know, she's very cerebral, meaning she can play multiple positions. Um, again, like COVID, she's continuing to get herself in the best shape um, possible. 
so that she's able to be very versatile within our offense. But vocal, being able to lead with her voice and being able to lead with her work ethic. Normally with a team this experienced and with this much talent, you wouldn't expect a, a freshman to come in and make a big impact. But you have a player like Madison Hayes who, you know, we all know her recruiting profile. From the early going, have you, have you seen the things that have made, that made her such a coveted recruit? Well, I think the biggest thing, you know, Madison came in early, um, June 8th, when we were able to, and I think she was able to get acclimated pretty quickly to weight and conditioning. Um, but, you know, Madison is a freshman, and freshmen do freshman things. Um, I, I feel the freshmen that are going to have the most success are the ones that are just quickly off the court as well as on the court. And, um, you know, Madison's going to be thrown in the fire pretty quickly. So I'm hoping that she will adjust to this everything. I mean, she's never had to understand, you know, defensive concepts. So all this is foreign to her. The pace of play, all of this is foreign to her. But she gave herself an advantage by coming in early and getting um, in good shape and getting stronger right off the bat. You talked about Sydney a second ago, and, and with Jessica Carter and Yamai Morris, you have a lot, what appears to be on paper, a lot of front court depth. When you want to play fast, you know, you, sometimes you worry about, about your bigger players. Are they able to get up and down the court? Do you, do you like what you have in the front court? Can they run this system that you want to run? Yeah, I mean, they, they can run. You know, um, obviously, when you look at the three of them, um, Jessica, you know, is, 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 is more mobile in, in terms of being able to run and get out and run. Um, but Sid is running. Um, Yamaya is running. I mean, they don't have a choice, you know, but to run in um, – you know, pull defense and then be be dominant in the post force. Do you embrace the expectations? You know, you know this team is going to probably rank in the top ten, maybe even the top five to start the year. You know that they're going to be right there with South Carolina for in terms of who they are the favorites in the SEC. Do you embrace that even in year one? You're like, yes, that's what that's what we want to. You know, you want to build towards it, but you sort of have it in year one. Do you embrace that and say, yeah, we're going to go out there. We, we feel like we can win a national title this year. I think we win every day in practice. That's what I tell our kids. We don't get caught up in what the numbers look like. You know, we win every day in practice. We know what we want to get to, but we can't get to that end result unless we're not winning every day in practice. All right. I'm looking forward to seeing your team. I'll be totally honest with you. I've enjoyed women's basketball. I enjoy covering it. I can't wait to see this team. And if you're talking about playing fast, that's how I like basketball to be played. So I'm yeah. excited to see this team. Coach Nikki McCray-Pinson, thank you so much for your time this morning. We appreciate you joining us. Thank you. Thanks to Coach McCray-Pinson for joining us here on the show. I get the feeling with her, you know, I don't think focus is going to be an issue with her. That is, a, She is locked in already. I mean, we are a month from tip-off. She's locked in already. I do wonder, you know. Well, let's not forget winning's in her. Oh, that's in her That's DNA. all she knows. That she has literally won everywhere she's been. Yeah. And every every program she's been a part of. So, and you know how we talk about sometimes, you know, you got to learn how to win. Some people don't know how to lose. She might be one of them. Yeah. And the only concern I have, it's not a concern, because you, as I said in the interview, you can never have too much talent, but finding that rotation is going to be key. Now, she said it. She likes to play fast. They want to get up and down the court. So there's going to be minutes available, but, you know, I guess I'm sort of interested, like, what's the starting lineup? If you said to me today what it's going to be, I think it's going to be, you know, Maya Taylor, Aliyah Matharu, Rakia Jackson, Jessica Carter, and then I'm not really sure who's the next one. Do they stay small? Do they want to go with another guard there? 
or do they want to go big with Yamaya Morris, Sydney Cooks? When I think fast, I think another guard. But yeah, but she said in the interview, you know, she feels good about her front court and their ability yeah. to get up and down, especially with with Jessica. So I don't know. I mean, and you want to have that toughness down low that I, I know Yamaya brings because my goodness, I saw we saw what in the SEC tournament she was about to go toe to toe there, which would have been fantastic. <laughs> um, but this is going to be a good, really good team and a lot of fun. To, I think they'll be fun to watch. But I think they're going to win a ton of games. Yeah, I think, I think the 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 expectation level and the the uh, level of excitement is warranted with this team. I don't know about Nikki McCrippins in long term. Got to see how she recruits, things like that. But for this year, I think she's going to. She's. Is it almost too big to fail this year? I don't want to say that because I think we kind of thought. And maybe we put unfair expectations. I'm jumping sports here a little bit, but when Joe came in his first year in 2018 and had that team that eventually had three first rounders on defense, and you know, and lo and behold, his biggest mistake in his tenure at Mississippi State may have been getting off the plane, telling everybody to get their ring sizes ready and that sort of deal. Um, I, I sometimes it's dangerous to uh, start assigning expectations like that but but yeah you look at this team and I don't know how you can't have those kind of expectations for women's basketball given what they've got I mean it, you know if she comes in this year and they struggle that's a big red flag isn't it huge huge red flag if yeah if they if they go like if this team goes like how many play games I don't know how many regular season games yeah. they're gonna play if they play 30 right yeah, I don't even know what you'd classify as struggling but if they went like 19 and 11 that would be a huge red flag to me. Be like, okay, yeah. they're, they're, you're in trouble. Don't make it to the second weekend. Of, yeah. I mean, you're not, in 1911, you're not hosting. Yeah. You're on the road. So, yeah. that 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 There, there is a little element of, of there's, it's maybe not too big to fail, but if it does fail, you, you've, made a, you've made a mistake. I don't think that's going to be the case, though. I'm not too terribly worried about that. I mean, she, was, she had that program going in the right direction at Old Dominion. She's walking into a talented team that has great leadership. I mean, Jessica Carter... Maya Taylor. I mean, you've got a group of they've been there. They've been through the wars. You know, you almost wish Jordan Danbury would have come back and gotten her doctorate. You know, yeah. <laughs> just pulled a Carlisle Kessler and decided to play until <laughs> she was twenty-five. Just play college sports for a decade. Yeah, you know, but if because you would like to have had that, you would have had that real true leader who had been through everything. You know, and Chloe Bibby leaving as well. But there's so much talent on this team. It's going to be difficult. You know, for them now. The SEC is still good. I obviously know about South Carolina. Arkansas is a program that, that's moving forward at a pretty good rate. Uh, you know, Kentucky is Kentucky. Tennessee is Tennessee. But Mississippi State's right there with South Carolina, top two teams in the in the in the, in the, pro, in the conference and in the uh, in the country. So I expect big things from this team. I'm not I'm not going to hide from those expectations. So we'll see if they do as well. Uh, let's move on over to our next topic. And that's softball. Brought to you by our good friends over Welcome Home Beef, the only place in town you can get the Thunder and Lightning Burger. Gosh, it's good too. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. I mean, I, I'm, I'm almost at a loss for words. It's just delicious. It's it's the meat on meat burger that you crave. It's beef. It's pig with some with some with some lightning kick. You know, got the got with the, the fried jalapenos. jalapenos. Absolutely. Homemade the barbecue, barbecue sauce, sauce, smoked cheddar cheese. I mean, it's just everything a man wants. How could you not like cheese, meat, and fried jalapenos? I mean, you could not like them, but that would make you a communist. Yeah. Or a weak-willed person. And I also... My, my father uh, hated both. 
I had both meals yesterday, you know, lunch and dinner for How was that brisket mac and cheese? It was fan friggin' fantastic. I need to go get me one of those. This is not. Look, I'll be honest with you. We're lucky in that the sponsors that we have, we don't have to lie. <laughs> so I would not. This isn't just me saying it. This is me telling you the truth. That may be the my favorite mac and cheese I've ever had. Period. Like I, I don't, I, I can't think of any other mac and cheese in my life that I've eaten that I would rather have than what well, I ate there last you go. night. That's another ringing endorsement. As far so as I'm concerned. I don't know if that's an everyday thing for them uh, because yesterday it needs it was, to be. Is what you're saying? Yes. Okay. And and Will, if you're listening, the next time it is available, uh, you have my number. Shoot him a text. Please let me know. Well, there you go. And of course, if you're just looking for steak, burgers, roast, all those great beef products, they have got coolers full of them ready to get you hooked up this weekend for a great cookout. Definitely take advantage of it. It's one of Starville's best local businesses. Call them today at 662-268-8148 or visit them at facebook.com slash welcomehomebeef. And I think Joel T. Coleman just said it best. It just tastes good. Let's go now to back to the Welcome Home Beef hotline. Let's talk to softball head coach Samantha Ricketts. All right, let's head over to the other diamond on the Welcome Home Beef Hotline. Let's talk to Samantha Ricketts, head coach, Mississippi State softball. I said on yesterday's show, which I'm sure you listened to, that I said of all the coaches who brought all of their rosters back in, in, as a result of, of, of everything that happened at the in March, I thought you got I thought you got the best end of the bargain. I thought that you brought the best te- full team back in terms of who who all has returned. Do you agree with my assessment? Yes, absolutely. I think it you know, really worked out well for us to have that extra eligibility for you know, our returning seniors. And that, combined with another year of some of our other upperclassmen, I feel pretty good about it. We'll talk about you know, Thunder and Lightning on Thunder and Lightning a little bit later in this interview. But I thought last year one of the keys was, because you, know, you had offense two seasons ago. You had, you, had, you had the big bats. Your pitching was just so much better last season. How how key was that for you? And then, what do you expect from from the, your your staff this year? Yes, uh, the turnaround in our pitching was definitely a huge difference for us. Um, you know, that was my number one priority taking over. Was I knew that I needed to go out and find you know the best pitching coach and somebody that was going to take an approach to really you know turn around and do something different than what we've been doing. And you know, hiring Josh Johnson and bringing him down here from Ball, Ball State. Um, has just been so beneficial for our entire picking staff and the team in general. And you can see it even in less than a year, you know, the, the, the improvement in the numbers. And I think, you know, they're continuing to get better right now, even net with more time with Josh. And just to see them start to buy in, and it takes longer, especially when you're bringing in new coaches. Um, but I thought the, the team did a really good job of buying into the approach, really working hard at it. We've seen increases in you know, overall velocity and individual numbers as well, and then that really, I think, impacted just the team pitching stats. And the the approach you guys use is described as a baseball-style approach. So in softball terms, what is a baseball-style approach? <laughs> for us, that means really using a staff. And, you know, for a long time, softball pitching staffs have been maybe three pitchers on a staff, and you would throw... Um, kind of what the self-described a horse. You'd have your one ace that you would throw seven innings. You'd probably throw two or three times on a weekend, and right. that was that was normal. Sort of what uh, MSU fans would have expected from, like, Allison Owen and, and Alexis Silkwood. Yes. yes. They got the ball the majority of the time, and they were going to go, uh, you know, we were going to go as far as they could take us on their arms. 
And I think across the country, we're starting to see more softball go to a staff approach and bigger roster sizes have something to do with that. Uh, but for us, it also means that we're using um, kind of the baseball opener approach as well. And we want to really make sure that we're setting up each pitcher for success and know what their strengths are. And, hey, if your ERA is, you know, below a one the first time through the order, but now we're jumping up to a three the second time through, well, you're just not going to face them the second time. So that really works out well for us to use matchups, um, an opener, middle release. You know, we have the lefty Grace Fagan on staff, which is really helpful as well. And in that way, at the end of the game, when a tight game with this game on the line, we've still got our best two pitchers that they haven't seen three or four times already through the lineup. Are, are there a lot of analytics in softball? We, we talk about all the time with baseball. Are there, do you all use a lot of numbers when you're coming up when you're doing coaching? We do now. I think we've gotten a lot more into it, and you know, we know that it's a really good way to use that objective approach. Um, I think it's, it's very easy to sometimes say, oh, well, Hey, this pitcher's earned it. She's, you know, she's pitched so well. Let's let her finish this game. Well, no. If the numbers are showing that her spin rate's decreasing, she's not as good in inning six, seven, eight. Um, you know, we're going to go by the numbers and make a change before the big inning happens. And I think that really worked out well for us in instances where maybe other teams wouldn't make a pitching change. Oh, she hasn't given up any hard hits. Well, we're going to go to the fresh arm in the bullpen that can come in and shut it down, and then we don't even give the other team a chance at the beginning late in the game. All right. You know this podcast is called Thunder and Lightning. It's named after Will Clark and Rafael Palmeira, but I feel that in the coming years I may change that. I may start claiming Mia and Fa is the reason I call this podcast Thunder and Lightning. That's fine with us. I'm sure we need to get them on the podcast. That needs to happen. We're going to make that happen this year. But how far can they go this year? Does, does the team go as far as they as they go? Yes, I think you know the, adding the improvement to the pitching staff. I think that definitely makes us more well rounded. But we're still going to go as far as those who take us, and you know, they know it. They have a great um, sense of maturity about both of them, and they're really just extensions of the coaching staff. You know. They have their stuff that they're working on as well, but I know that I can be working with the younger hitter in one case and turn around and me and Far are working with another one in the case next to me. So I think they really understand, um, one, the responsibility of their of their skills and how to help others and get them to kind of elevate their game because if they want to see any pitches, you know, we need to make sure that they've got a lot of protection around them. So I think they do a lot of great stuff off the field as well as on and they're both continuing to improve. You know, we don't just let anyone settle. We're continuing to assess and reassess and see maybe where the weaknesses are and things we can attack to them in the offseason while we have the time right now. Who are a couple of players that you expect to see big improvement out of this year? Um, I think we were starting to see a little bit of it in the spring, but uh, Carter Spexars, you know, she's a, a big part of the middle of our lineup. She's behind me in Fox, so... You know, if somebody wants to pitch around them, she did a great job of making them pay for that um, in the spring. She's continuing to do the same. Montana Davidson, she's really done a great job for us this fall, and she's really been looking great defensively and offensively. And she's a fifth-year junior now with the extra eligibility. So a lot of maturity, a lot of understanding of you know what we're looking for out of her and her role. Um, but I've really liked what she's been doing for us this fall. And then some of our younger ones, Anna Kate Seegers, Chloe Malaulu, um, just really dynamic players. They can run, they can hit, they can you know play great defense, and they give us a lot of different options and a little bit of speed to help surround some of those big bats in the middle. 
And then as far as new faces, you know, incoming players, are there some, are players you, you think, you know, in year one can make an impact for you? Yeah, we have a smaller freshman class. We only brought in three this year. Um, two were actually, they could help us on both sides of the, of the field. Addison Purvis and Kylie Taylor both pitched and hit. Um, honestly, the whole freshman class came in a little bit banged up with some injuries. So right now we're just trying to get them healthy, get them back nice and strong, you know, where they need to be. But I think Addison Purvis, you can see a little bit at the time in the circle as well as at the plate. She's a left-handed hitter, a lot of power, really fast hand. Another option to play first um, behind Fale Lua. So kind of grooming her, you know, eventually be another big left-handed stick for us. Um, and then Taylor Middlebrook is the one who doesn't pitch out of the class and plays a little bit of the middle infield. When you think about SEC softball, I mean, I've said it before, I think that softball might be the most difficult sport in this conference, and that's, you know, I know what football is, I know what baseball is, but when when everybody is getting invited to the NCAA tournament from the conference, I mean, that gives you an idea of what we're talking about. You know, ten, sometimes ten teams in the top 25. What's the ceiling for this program? Can this be a national championship program? Yeah, I think so. I think we play, you know, like you said, in the best, the best conference out there in the country, and that we talk about all the time it's just going to make us better and tougher and you know how do we rise to the top i think one thing that we've looked at for it is doing something a little bit differently than maybe the other schools in our conference taking more of a baseball style approach to our bullpen using more analytics um, more technology in our player development approach and for us i think that's going to be you know the way that we can kind of close the gap to the you know the florida's alabama's who've been at the top of the league for so long um you know, we know we have to think a little bit outside of the box, but I think it's there, and I think we showed signs of that in 2020, and we're continuing to improve now. I think for us, the player development is a huge piece to it, and to really, you know, take this program to the next level. And we have the athletes, we have the facilities, and all the resources available to us here. Um, so I really think, you know, for us, the next step is playing longer in the postseason to play in the first Super Regional uh, for Mississippi State softball history. And then, you know, once you get into there, it's anybody's game. It's the best of three series, just like we do eight weeks out of the year in SEC play. Should be a fun season over at News Park. I'm looking forward to seeing you guys out there. Coach Samantha Ricketts, thanks for joining me today on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Brian. Appreciate it. All right, thanks to Coach Ricketts. Appreciate her time. That's an exciting program. I think that program might have the most excitement in terms of, like, you know what you're getting with the other three, I feel, right? Men's basketball, eh. Baseball, you feel good. Women's basketball, you feel really good. That's one where you're like, I'm not sure what they're going to be, but I think they're going to be really good. Well, they were, they were, they were rolling. They were rolling when the year got shut down. I found her, her, the discussion we had about baseball and softball and the way they attack pitching, very interesting. Um, and it, I know you didn't hear the interview yet, but basically they use some baseball. You know, it, softball used to be like, okay, uh, uh, Allison Owen is going to throw on Friday and on Sunday. Yeah, Alexa Silk was going to throw Friday, Sunday. They might throw on Saturday too. Now it's okay. We've got an opener. We've got you know a, a staff and a rotation, and you know we're you know we're, we're not going to let people get two trips through the order except for our best pitchers. It's an interesting philosophy, and it seemed to be working. Are you a big analytics guy for baseball? I mean, I'm probably not full fledged analytics like you're not a like some, or anything. but I do lean that direction because look when you're dealing with baseball and softball there is randomness to it there there's no doubt about it is there skill does the best but the the best teams don't always win yeah by by any stretch of the imagination so 
there, there's a lot of randomness to it. So it behooves you to look at numbers and, and try and find, you know, what happens most often. So I think you're, you're an absolute dummy if you don't look at numbers and analytics to some extent. I yeah, mean, I you know, like baseball, and I, you know, I've and you never know me, softball. I'm old. Yeah, <laughs> I'm an eye test kind of guy. I mean, baseball in particular. I mean, you look at numbers and stuff. You just mentioned it for softball that they're kind of doing those things, but you you face a lineup the third time through, batting averages go up. I mean, yeah, they just do. Yeah, they've seen you. Uh, not to mention the fact that at that point you've been out there for a while. You're mm-hmm. a little more. T- I mean, you've got to you've got to view analytics. You you have to take those into account. You do. So yeah. Uh, I really like this program. We, Mia and Fa, we know all about them. She did say we'll try to get them on the podcast. She want, I told her, I was like, we might have to change. You know, We've always said, oh, we after Will and Raffi, but you know, time's coming. We, know, we might have to change that yeah. as, as the ball continues to fly over the fence at News Park. Um, but I think this is a program, you know, what's a good benchmark for them? Is this a year for them to finally host a regional? They were on that path last year, they so I don't know how you can't say that that's a goal. I mean, that's got to be a goal this year. Yeah. They were – I was – I sort of felt like I – you know, when the, the men's basketball team, when, when everything got canceled, right, you knew the men's basketball team, they needed to win a couple games to go to the tournament. And the women's basketball team, you knew they were hosting. And the baseball team, they had just beaten Texas Tech. They had figured things out. I, I was fully expecting that weekend, if you go back in time, they were going to sweep Arkansas. And that was going to be joyous because Arkansas fans – are the worst. But with softball, it was like, they're winning all these games, they're playing pretty well, but I'm interested when con- to see what happens when conference play starts up, and that got taken away. And so I never got that like confirmation that, yeah, they're really good. That, so I'm very interested to see this team this year. So I, I, you will catch me at News Park at least one weekend this year. I, I, I'm making that prediction right now. All right. Before we get out of here, we got to do these picks. Still one behind Joel. Joel, did we take Alabama? Have we used our, our doubler for them yet? Who have they played? Uh, well, we wouldn't have used them last week against Georgia. No. So they played Ole Miss. I think we used them, didn't we? Did we? We see. I knew I should have written this down. Did we both use Alabama for Ole Miss? Uh, I guess we yes, because we we've used the same double the last couple of weeks. Okay. All right then. So let's move forward here. Only four games to pick. Uh, this we, week, we could always go back and listen to see if we did, but I, I can't do that right this second. No, Joel. that's true. I got. I actually have to like go online here and find the uh, the because that that schedule I printed off is no good anymore. Oh, that's right. Things that's have right. been moved around so much. So we're in week seven, I believe. Let's double check. Nope, that's that was last week. We're in week eight. Okay. All right. So four games to pick this week. They're all interesting to me in in their own ways. Uh, let's start off with the early game. Auburn travels to Ole Miss. I don't like this pick at all. Oh? But I'm going Auburn. Okay. I was like, what? I mean, it's not going to shock me if Ole Miss wins this game. But I just can't can't pick them. Yeah, I got you. Like, I think if they played ten times, Auburn's winning six or seven of them. So I'm just going to guess this is probably one of those six or seven. So here's what I'm I'm thinking is that both teams – are not that good. But one team has a fatal flaw. Yes. And that's Ole Miss's defense. They are the worst defense in the conference by far. Um, and I just feel like, you know, Auburn will certainly be able to run the ball on them. Uh, and then if anything Bo Nix gets is just gravy. So 
I, I, I'm going to take the Tigers to win here. It's not the third Saturday in October. It's the fourth Saturday in October, but it is Alabama versus Tennessee. Can't take Alabama to double here. Yeah, uh, but I am going to take Alabama. Yeah, that that goes without saying. I and think. if we like post show, go back and listen, and we hadn't used Alabama, this is where I'd like to use my double, but I don't think we can. Well, are you going to go back and listen? Probably not. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to take the Crimson Tide uh, here. Kentucky, excuse me, Kentucky travels to Missouri. Over under on Kentucky total yards is 250, but I think they'll win the game. Just, I, just, I, think, I think the Kentucky we've seen the last two weeks is the Kentucky I expected to see. Defensively, they're just nasty. You know, basically, they should, they should be 3-1. and one. I mean, they make a couple of stupid mistakes against Ole Miss. They should be three and one, yeah. but they're two and two. But they'll they'll be three and two after this one. Oh, he's thinking over there. No, I'm going Kentucky. The only thing I'm thinking about is no, I can't I can't double. I can't Oh. Double. I was thinking about it. Just take a risk. Well that's the thing, like are you going to double the next game? I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't really. I may, we may not do a doubler this week because we can't take Alabama, and I'm not that confident on any of these games. I'll go Kentucky, but I'm not doubling. Okay. And then let's wrap it up. South Carolina at LSU. It appears Miles Brennan is out for this one. Is Muschamp really going to do this? Is he going to beat Auburn and LSU in back-to-back weeks? I'm not picking him to do it. I'm picking LSU. Now I'm debating if I'm doubling with LSU and just taking a risk. Okay. Um, hmm. Let's live on the wild side. Who cares? Ooh. I got a, I got a one-game lead. Ooh. I got a one-game lead. Yeah. Let's, let's see if let's see if I can gain some on you or if you're, you're going to join me in doubling. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. So you're taking LSU. And a double. So as it stands right now... Have if, I taken LSU yet, though? I don't think I have. I hadn't thought about that. What are you doing, that. then? I'm saying, like, in the past, in the other weeks, have yeah. I taken LSU oh, to double? Oh, you, you did take LSU. Did I? Vanderbilt. Oh, so I can't do it. Oh, you can't double, then. Okay, okay so it doesn't well, matter. Yeah, LSU. But you're taking LSU. Yes. All right, I'm going to take South Carolina. I can't believe I'm going to do this. But, I mean, LSU has just been so bad defensively and no Miles Brennan true freshman starting Muschamp is a good enough defensive coordinator to make that guy a little little, little sketchy yeah and look oh Miss- god Mississippi State who we see at this point is not a great team mm-hmm. went in LSU's house and beat them so yeah. South Carolina LSU having the week off lets me believe that Orgeron probably just put his foot into Bo Pelini's ass and it's like, you better fix this. If State and South Carolina played on a neutral field right now, who would you pick? I don't know. I really don't know. Because I, I think I'm... I don't I'm, know who State's quarterback is yeah, yet. Yeah, I think I'm jaded a little bit by... Not jaded, but... We're jaded by I, seeing State struggle a lot. By seeing them struggle a lot and, and seeing Carolina just beat Auburn. Yeah. So I, I kind of, in my mind, I think South Carolina That's my might, first but, thought, but I don't know. But I'm going to take South Carolina and win this game. I can't okay. believe I'm doing this. So we'll so either be tied, tied up or, or I'll two. have two. And then we'll have to start getting into the crazy times uh, next week. All right. 
Guys, have a great weekend. Enjoy the weekend away from Mississippi State football. Watch some good other college football. Go out, hit the pumpkin patch, do whatever it is you're going to do. Be safe. We'll be back with you on Sunday uh, and get started as Mississippi State builds towards playing the Alabama Crimson Tide. For Joel T. Coleman, Ooh. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Talk Mississippi Media Production.